Shalom, ladies and gentlemen. I'm John McKee, editor of Messianic Apologetics, and joined with my co-host here, Judah Hamango of the blog Kinati Letzion. We would like to welcome you to another episode of the Messianic Walk. Yeah, hi everybody. And like John said, I'm Judah, and I, I run uh, Kinati Letzion, a Messianic blog. And I'm the creator of Messianic Radio as well. As we know, the whole issue of the Messianic Walk is something that is ongoing. Uh, We're always Mm -hmm. moving forward. The conversation never ends. And in this discussion of different topics and different issues which affect us as Messianic men and women, there are many things we agree on. Uh, There are many things that, well, we'll just leave it for another day. And then there are things which create some degree of of tension. And that is okay, provided I believe that we're seeking some kind of fair-minded resolution to things. So on this episode, we're discussing the winter holidays. The winter holiday season involving Christmas and Hanukkah can Mm -hmm. be a very challenging time for those within the Messianic community. How are we supposed to best approach this time in a way that reflects the love and salvation of Yeshua? All of us, when we approach December the 1st, and we are now in the month of December, the last month of the year 2020, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so we are here, and uh, even with some of the continuing uh, COVID-19 uh, restrictions and limitations, mm-hmm. we know that the world is paying attention to Christmas. Mm-hmm. And as I recall, uh, just uh, last week, going to my local Hobby Lobby in McKinney, Texas, all of these Christmas decorations everywhere, and then the... Oh, and then the token tiny little shelf with Hanukkah decorations. Uh, they <laughs> got was, one shelf. All right, great. It was so sad. It was so sad. Yeah. Uh, but I know that many of us in today's Messianic community have our own feelings about uh, the month of December, December the 25th, Christmas, and Hanukkah. Our own, uh, Outreach Israel Ministries, Messianic Apologetics Ministry, administrator has his own opinion. Isn't that right? Yes, I do. I have my own opinion about this. <laughs> Controversial We're ones, I'm, the I'm South Pole. My species is from the South Pole, not the North Pole, Rick. Okay. So Oswald Gwen, his species is from the South Pole, not the North Pole. So whenever you see penguins, just know that their image has been misused during Uh uh-huh yeah he's he's and that's pretty much my santa that's pretty much my opinion of this as well so a lot of people get their facts wrong south Mm. pole is not the north pole Mm -hmm. yes uh yeah so with this john i feel like uh this is a highly highly charged topic right now um especially in the hebrew roots space i think there's maybe a little more uh, flexibility in, in the broader messianic space, in the messianic Jewish space. Um, but 
Yeah, highly divisive. I think around this time, as you mentioned, John, a lot of people are, it's a, it's a difficult time for messianics because while the world is, you know, uh, celebrating and, and, and billions of Christians worldwide are, are celebrating Christmas and celebrating the birth of Messiah, a lot of messianic folks um, are excluded from that. They've excluded themselves from that uh, for various reasons, as we'll discuss today. Um, and moreover, I think a lot of Hebrew roots folks will actually go the other direction and, and, and push against Christmas and push against that for, uh, for reasons of paganism and, uh, and others. Um, so it's, it's quite a contrast for the messianic world um, with contrasted from the rest of the Christian world. It's really, it's really a, a highly charged divisive issue. To be honest, John, I was thinking, man, when I do this podcast and my family watches this, they're going to be really angry at me. They're going to be like, Judah's off on the deep end on his own thing. Um, that's how charged it is. Um, so I'm looking forward to discussing this. And in a reasoned way, right before we began this podcast, just to let the listeners know, we were talking about how I think both John and I really um, are in favor of taking information in and causing that to, to form our opinion over time. And that means that we can adjust our opinion. It means that, hey, in light of new information, I can view this topic differently. And that's really how it's been for me with regards to Christmas. So I'm looking forward to discussing all these issues today. Right. I know that all of us, when it comes to the month of December, mm -hmm. uh, how many of us are guided more by information versus our feelings? Mm -hmm. and, and I know that many of us have a lot of deep-seated feelings about past family memories and past family traditions associated with the month of December. Um, it's only natural for us to want to fit into greater society, what everyone else sure. is doing. Uh, you know, some of us, we have, you know, longstanding, uh, you know, just memories that are, you know, very sacred family customs and traditions. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're not so much, you know, interested in theology or biblical commandments when it comes to the month of December. We're thinking about, mm -hmm. you know, times that were good in the past uh you know right now uh in the the year 2020 especially with this a whole election 2020 drama yeah i know that i'm thinking about oh the good times back in the 1980s you know when we were naive and dumb before the messianic movement <laughs> if that makes yeah. any sense <laughs> um you know we look toward you know things in our past for comfort uh, you know, various recipes, for example, different things oh, we grew mm -hmm. up with uh, yeah. that, you know, I have a, there's a particular line of potato chips that you can only get from the greater Cincinnati area that I have to order special. They bring a degree of comfort oh. to me. Yeah, uh, so, sure. mm -hmm. you know, these are the kinds of things that, that come out in the month mm -hmm. of December. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I remember many, many years ago, well, Christmas is pagan you know, mm -hmm. hearing a lot of this right. and I, you know, was not resistant to it, but I was also like, what are you trying to achieve with this as well? And is mm -hmm. there perhaps a better way to get people to review what they believe and what they've been doing? Yeah, that's fair. Um, I like that you highlighted um, that sometimes we're emotion driven. And I think that's, 
really important to keep in mind when we discuss the topic of Christmas and Hanukkah, because um, as you mentioned, there's a lot of, um, oh, I don't know, deep-seated emotion from folks who have grown up with Christmas. There's also a lot of emotion from um, from folks who see Christmas as pagan. Um, and I think those emotions, it's not that we can't have them, but it does interfere, and it's important to recognize, it interferes with our rationality when t- just trying to think about these things in a rational manner. Um, a great example of this is uh, just this week I received a message from someone uh, through Hava Messianic Radio, my, my Messianic music site, where someone said, he was angry email saying, I'm playing Christmas music, how dare you? And I said, no, no, actually, you know, I'm only, I'm, I'm playing some music that uh, glorifies God that happens to be associated with Christmas, you know, like think, O come Emmanuel, uh, that, that Christmas hymn, as it were, um, that message, the message, the lyrics of that song are great and actually ought to be the cry of, of messianics everywhere. You know, O come, O come Emmanuel and ransom captive Israel. It's like, man, I, I'm behind those words. I get that people have this deeply negative emotion attached to that song because it's associated with Christmas, but just rationally thinking there's nothing wrong with that song. In fact, on the contrary, it's quite a biblical lyric uh, speaking about the salvation of Israel. So yeah, emotion is a, a, it's, it's a difficult thing here. And I suspect we'll have people who watch this who are either very happy or very angry because their emotions are tied to are, are wrapped up in in this in in this time in this holiday, um, along those same lines too. It's hard to convince people when emotion is is such a big uh, driver. You know, it's it's difficult to to talk to someone who say, "Hey, look, there's some problems with Christmas for these reasons." when they've grown up with all the nostalgia of, you know, as you mentioned, maybe some food or happy times with family as a child, waking up and going down to the Christmas tree in the morning and, and all the family being together and having a, a meal with the family and, uh, you know, setting up a manger or whatever other traditions uh, maybe you've, you've associated with Christmas. It's difficult to reason with people when there is emotion, deep seated nostalgic emotion at that involved. So Difficult issue, um, but I think we can we can do well by analyzing some of these and offering our perspectives. I think John and I both have maybe some varying, some different perspectives on this. Um, so, John, should we answer this first question? This first question was, how are we supposed to best approach this time, this Hanukkah and Christmas time, in a way that reflects the love and salvation? of Yeshua. Are we ready to answer that? What I, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts first. I think that that is the, uh, the major, you know, unifying force for certainly the two of us, mm. because this is a time that some people walk into very, very conflicted about. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, on the yeah. one side, they recognize, okay, December the 25th has got some pre-Christian, uh, very questionable associations uh, with Saturnalia and the worship of the sun god. And yes. then, of course, you throw in the Christmas tree. You're like, okay, where is that in Holy Scripture? Nowhere right. to be found. 
whether or not it has associations or uh, or some kind of a, uh, an association with Jeremiah 10, a lot of people mm-hmm. debate that. Uh, right. But, you know, a lot of people will say, well, the Christmas tree is the modern manifestation of, uh, you know, some of the things that the Israelites were forbidden uh, from doing, mm-hmm. like erecting mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, erecting Asherim, you know, these kinds of things. Yes. Uh, you now we wonder about, you know, now wait a second, you know, I've been to Bethlehem, I've been to Nazareth. Uh, you don't see any, you know, pine trees in that area at all. Uh, you know, this is something that is much more Germanic and Nordic, all these traditions that we've associated with, with the evergreen and the Yule log. That has nothing to do with the birth of the Messiah of Israel. Yes. And so there are people who are like, okay, rationally, I can grasp some of these matters and even consider how many of the Puritan settlers of early America saw Christmas on December the 25th as a sign of corrupt Roman popery. Mm, um, yeah, that's but, right. You know, and John Knox, the founder of the Church of Scotland, uh, the Presbyterian Church, saw it as a sign of Roman popery. Uh, so yeah i mean so that's pretty heavy that's 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 pretty heavy but then at the same time you're like yeah but wait a second um you know this whole month of december you know i walk into the supermarket i go to the department store they're playing these christmas carols about the birth of jesus who would be sacrificed for our sins Mm -hmm. more people are going to hear about jesus at this time than any other time of year are you telling me this is all wrong and this is all evil Mm. Um, this is the only time my family gets together so you know people are conflicted about this and in the messianic movement which is trying to return us to a first century faith experience you know many people are like this has got to stop you know, they're going to throw down the gauntlet and say, don't you ever bring this paganism in again. Others are like, okay, we recognize that this is not really biblical, but how do we go about this in a way that honors the spirit of the Holy Scriptures, mm-hmm. yet still reflects the mercy and grace and love of Yeshua? And you know, as we're going to get into this, you know, I am not very—I'm not a really you know, pro-Christmas person. I just am not. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got you know both theological as well as personal reasons for that. But I don't—I'm not a huge fan of, of of being odious about it either. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I much—I'm I'm much more like you know, look, these are my reasons for not doing it. I can sure. explain to you what those reasons are. We can come together as brothers and sisters. However, you you will probably never hear me wish you a Merry Christmas. Oh, really? You will, you will instead hear me issue that non-offensive and trans-religious happy the holidays. holidays. Oh, okay, okay. Fair enough. Interesting. Um, I'll give my perspective on this. And first, from the outset, I'll tell you we celebrate Christmas in my house. And let me tell you why. Uh, I've been married 16 years. My wife uh, grew up in the Christian church. You might say just a a nominal Christian. Her dad is a a church leader at his local church. And he's a good good man, you know, an upstanding Christian man. Um, And I think that had an influence on my wife. I remember when we first got married 16 years ago, 
and I told my wife, we ain't celebrating Christmas. Heck no. Um, she had, my wife was like, Oh, the thing that just really hurts about this is I, I wanted to have a, um, a, a, a Christmas tree ornament for our family each year, you know, so that through the years, this kind of goes back to the emotion aspect, right? There's a lot of emotions tied up in this time. Right. And if I could just interject this, yeah, yeah. I know that when I, when our family finally stopped celebrating Christmas in 1995, mm-hmm. the year after that's when Hallmark started releasing all of the star Trek and star Wars ornaments. Oh no. So if, okay, I have any, right. if I have any regret, uh, because there is a relative of mine who, if they've got, you know, the big giant Christmas tree and they've got like the yeah. Borg at the top of it and the death yeah. star and, all these different versions of the awesome okay i do reject i do regret that i do yes you didn't have the the star trek uh ornaments yeah understood that's funny um i might actually have a star trek ornament now that i think about it um but when i grew up we didn't celebrate christmas grew up in a messianic family um we did celebrate hanukkah um and we'll talk about some reasons for that i think as we get into the episodes um like why should or shouldn't we celebrate christmas there's some pros and cons there um, so, but for the first, I don't know, 12, 13 years of our marriage, we didn't celebrate Christmas much to my wife's sadness. I remember when she told me she really wanted to do this, um, ornament thing. Um, she was crying. Like it was really sad that we couldn't build these memories together as a family. And I understand that. I was like, Hey, okay, I, I get that. You know, family's important and you know, our kids won't be with us forever. Um, and so, um, that, that is important eventually um, I said, okay, let's do the ornament thing, but not with a tree because a tree is an idol. And I kind of figured, oh, that Jeremiah, what is it? Jeremiah 10, is it, John? Right. Yeah. I was like, oh, that, I think that points to tree. It sounds like it, maybe that has to do with Christmas tree. So we're not going to do a tree, but we'll have like this Christmas wall thing where we can hang ornaments and then maybe it's a happy compromise. But in the last three some years, um, my wife and I were like having disagreements about different holidays, including, um, including Halloween, which is I, in my mind, much more, uh, upfront about its paganism than, right. than Christmas is. And, um, I said, you know what, let's do this. Um, let's not do Halloween. Won't do trick or treating and all that, but, um, we'll do Christmas. Um, and so for the last three years or so I've celebrated Christmas. I myself, if it was, if I was uh, not married, um, my personal conviction would be um, I would just celebrate Hanukkah because I think Christmas is entirely extra biblical. There are some redeeming elements about Christmas. I, I, I'll say that. Um, celebrating the birth of Messiah, even though that's probably not when he was born. I know everyone right. like jumping in the comments saying that's not when he's born. I acknowledge that, but this is the time of the year when billions of people uh, remember the birth of Messiah, even if it happens to be a few months off from his actual birth date. Um, but that's a, that's a biblical and redeeming element of Christmas. Um, and it's something that the angels celebrated in the gospels. Um, glory to God in the highest celebrating the birth of King Messiah. So that's, a, that's, there are some redeeming elements there. Um, even with all of that, if it was just me, I wouldn't celebrate it. But for the sake of my wife, um, I do. And we actually have a, a, a genuinely good time. Um, we have lots of good memories in the years now that we have celebrated it. 
Um, I acknowledge that there are pagan elements. I think, as you mentioned, John, that the the tree um, has nothing to do with the birth of Messiah. My wife acknowledges that too. And I think most Christians would acknowledge that that doesn't have anything to do with uh, the birth of Messiah. Uh, so there are some pagan elements. I acknowledge that. Um, but all things being weighed for me and my family, um, we celebrate Christmas and Hanukkah. Uh, to answer this question, how are we supposed to best approach this time in a way that reflects love, the love of Yeshua? I think that's a great question that every listener right now needs to ask. How should I reflect the love of Yeshua during December, during the time of Hanukkah and Christmas? And I would urge folks that the love of Yeshua um, does not include the kind of heresy hunting and demonizing that we see going on often in Hebrew roots. A lot of folks will basically call you a heretic if you celebrate Christmas. Um, this despite, as I mentioned, many Messianic Jews will actually celebrate Christmas. I always point people to um, Marty Getz put out an album that contained both Christmas music and Hanukkah music. Uh, I know Paul Wilbur and some of his extended family has, has done both in the past. Um, heck, there are some Jewish people, not believers in Yeshua, who will still celebrate Christmas because they feel um, they want to be part of the broad celebration, the joyful time, even if they aren't celebrating Messiah's birth. Um, so I would say first, we could drop the, the heresy hunting. You're not a heretic if you celebrate Christmas. At most, you could say you're adopting some pagan elements into your faith practice. And I, I do acknowledge that there are some pagan elements. Um, I would also encourage, if we're going to be reflecting the love and salvation of Yeshua, if Yeshua is, is central to who we are and our, our identity and who, you know, the, the, the message that we put out to other people, then we should celebrate Yeshua's birth. I know some Hebrew roots folks will say, hey, let's celebrate his birth at Sukkot. I've had people tell me that um, those same people when Sukkot comes around, right. they don't celebrate his birth. Like, I've seen that. You know, it's like, okay, you're telling me that, but you're not, not actually doing it. Um, so it's good to celebrate Messiah's birth. It's the greatest event in human history. Um, it's, a, it's something that the angels well, the, celebrated. The, so, great, yeah. the great irony with that is yeah. uh, I've actually suggested, well, the best time to at least discuss or memorialize Messiah's birth is actually mm -hmm. in the Torah cycle when the first Torah reading of the book of Exodus, Shemot, comes in the cycle. Why? What's funny, well, because of the parallels between the birth of Yeshua and the birth of Moses. Ah, okay. Mm, so, and I can't tell you how many times the, <laughs> the Torah reading Shemot usually takes place around December the 23rd, 24th, or 25th. Ah, yeah. It's okay, very okay. funny. It, it, Interesting. It, it, it is kind of funny. Um, so mm. God is always in the, it, it, he's in the business of wanting to check our attitudes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And I think um, if each person asks themselves, everyone who listens to this asks themselves, uh, is my attitude reflecting the love and salvation of Yeshua? I would just encourage people to, to ask that question honestly and ask it of the Lord and see um, maybe your emotions are getting the best of you. You know, maybe, maybe your heresy hunting that we're so quick to do is, 
is uh, overriding the joy, the love uh, that we have in Yeshua. Uh, so I'd encourage that. And I, I don't say that just to like, hey, don't judge me about Christmas. I'm willing to discuss it. And like I said, I do acknowledge there are pagan elements. By all means, um, we can discuss it. Um, but let's not break out the you're a heretic type discussions. Um, I, that's not appropriate for this topic. It just isn't. You're not a heretic just because you celebrate Christmas. Well, I know that a great deal of what I have learned regarding theology and apologetics mm-hmm. you know, over the past you know, two decades, really, uh, is that in the 1980s, especially, also into the 1990s, uh, in a lot of Christian teaching, there was this uh, impetus that, you know, if you don't believe the way we believe, you are, you know, a heretic, you are mm-hmm. a blasphemer, you know, you're into all these bad things. And it was much right. more dogma than well-reasoned doctrine. Uh, uh-huh. But then we yes. got into the 2000 aughts and definitely in the 2010s that shifted all of a sudden because, uh, you know, people were like, what do you mean? You're just force feeding me your beliefs and you're threatening me if I don't agree with them. Why don't you please explain to me why I'm supposed to believe or do things the way you are doing them? Yeah. And actually, one of the biggest things that, if you can believe it, which impacted that whole shift was the Iraq War of 2003. Oh, really? Believe the Bush administration. Believe Dick Cheney. Their weapons Mm. of mass destruction in Iraq. Just Mm. believe us. We have your Mm. best interests in mind. And, you know, for a lot of people I went to seminary with, they were like, well, Bush and Cheney misled the country and took us into war in Iraq on false pretenses. So Mm. we have to be explained why, you know, we're supposed to go a certain way. Uh, And theologically, what that means is, you know, whether it is what people do or do not do in the month of December, whether it's anything regarding, you know, the Messianic lifestyle and Torah, it can't be this, you know, I'm going to force feed you to, to do things my way. I'm going to coerce you. You know, damn it, this is the way we do things. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's got to be, well, look, this is my journey. This is my messianic walk. Mm-hmm. This is how I have gone about things. And let me explain to you my experiences. And, you know, I think the the vulnerable component of that is we have to let the Holy Spirit and the Lord do the Lord's work. Mm-hmm. And that's not yes, always yes. easy for a lot of people. A lot of people want to be very controlling. They want things in their tight little package. And that's just not the way life is. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. You know, how, how many times have I said, look, at some point or another, life is going to intervene. And of course, whenever mm-hmm. I think of the word intervene, I think of that episode of the best of both worlds from the next generation where Commander Riker says, well, Locutus, we're about to intervene. Ah, uh, yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, and John, I, I would say that when it comes to this, there may not be one answer for everyone. I mean, maybe we disagree. It sounds like we do on whether we should celebrate Christmas, um, maybe to some extent anyway. But to be honest, I think there isn't one solid answer for every messianic person. And and I say that because of family reasons, you know, I'm just looking at my own, my own family and, and 
and figuring out a path forward, what works for us and what works as a family that's still honoring God, it may be different for different people. Well, I, I know so much of what we're discussing is experiential. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, none yeah. of us believe, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, if we can take some wide level of, of instruction and direction from mm-hmm. Christian Bible scholars who are not only commemorating Christmas on December the 25th, but are eating bacon and sausage for breakfast. And we recognize mm. these people as born again, godly, yes. spirit-filled people. Then we can recognize that when it comes to December the 25th, that not everyone's experience in the Messianic community is going to be the same. But mm-hmm. rather than shut people down on non-salvation issues, we have mm-hmm. to discuss these matters. So you know, That's your right. disposition is very different than my disposition. Mm-hmm. But I am trying to, you know, in my ministry, trying to bring some stability to this. So we don't uh, unnecessarily, you know, stop talking to each other. You know, that's just dumb. And and what you had mentioned in previous podcasts, John, too, is we need a bigger tent. I think too often we, we think like, if this person does not think like me on these big issues that actually aren't so big in the, in the grand scheme of things, then I can't fellowship with them. I can't be at the same congregation as them. It's like, hold up, hold up. Uh, that's just a recipe for division, which I think we're, we're seeing quite a bit of in, in the messianic movement. We have to be big tent people where it's the reality that, look, uh, God has redeemed us all. I think there's maybe a handful of issues that we, we should agree on. You know, God exists, uh, the, that Yeshua is the Messiah, things of that nature. But uh, we can differ and still have fellowship. It's okay. You know, it's okay to disagree on some of these smaller issues. And I feel that Christmas is such an issue. Right. And you don't know whether or not your family is just going through a seasonal thing with Christmas. Mm. You mm. don't mm. know. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Interesting. You know, and, you know, you, you what you're trying to do is you're placing your marriage relationship and your relationship with your son and daughters at mm-hmm. a much higher level than this whole December the 25th deal. That's right. And then, That's right. you know, like with me, um, you know, not to belabor the point too much, but in the next week, I will uh, not only turn 40, but I will be a 40-year-old bachelor. So mm-hmm. my perspective is very, very different uh, than, mm-hmm. than some others. Um, yeah. But we're getting it out there and we're having the discussion. Uh, and that, I think... Is, it, is an important part of the, the Jewish element of the Messianic experience. Uh, yeah. We're discussing these things. So with that in mind, uh, you know, the, the first official question, mm-hmm. what has been some of your experience when, well, excuse me, with Messianic people when the month of December arrives? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if I can answer this, and I've got some notes here, so very briefly. Sure, um I remember when I was living in central Florida at our local Messianic congregation and our congregational leader, uh, David Pavlik of blessed memory. He died in 2012. Uh, He always used to say, you know, he dreaded the month of December to the point where he wishes he could just go into hibernation for (laughs) the the, the next month or so. And, and okay. I mean, I can empathize with that a great deal, Mm. But I'm not a grizzly bear. I can't go off into the cave and and just kind of act like for a month. Know, 
I, I can't go into hibernation and, and we mm. don't have, you know, the carbonite freezing like uh, Han Solo. We don't have any <laughs> Sad, of that. No, <laughs> we don't have any of that. We actually have to uh, participate in wider society. And, you know, we can't, uh, and I, and I, we, you know, we, we can't be so offended that we're not going to walk into the supermarket. We're not going to go to the bank. We're not going to go to the department store. Uh, we're not going to mm-hmm. go to Office Depot. We're not going to, I mean, wherever it is, you know, where we, where we conduct business, there are going to be wreaths. There's going to be trees. There's going to be music playing and there's going to be Santa Claus. And, um, and the penguin is just going to shake his head. Like <laughs> they don't understand. They don't understand. Yep. Um, but we, you know, you can't just completely disengage from society. Although I've always wondered because I, I have spent the Christmas season at least once or twice, you know, around the equator. And I'm like, what's the big deal with these, uh, you know, Nordic pine, you know, uh, what's, ah, what's yes. the deal? You know, what's the deal with this, you know, on the beach, you know, kind of thing. I, I don't yeah. get that. Uh, so, <laughs> yep, yep. so, so many of our Christmas associations, they are cultural. They, they, they really are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I, and I also know, you know, from my own cultural background, um, if we look at the last names of my four grandparents, you know, I'm three quarters British and one quarter German. Perhaps if I were more German, I'd associate a little more with the whole <laughs> Christmas tree thing. But sure, I just right. don't. I just mm-hmm, don't. And mm-hmm. in colonial America, the the whole Christmas tree thing was was not as 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 big. Uh, as it was much later in the 19th century with the German immigration and Mm. uh, you know, Prince Albert brought it to the court of great Britain being married to queen Victoria. Um, You know, the the Christmas of a George Washington probably didn't have the tree and all of these things Uh. that a lot of us debate. It was much more of a religious time where people went to church. They may Mm -hmm. have had a family gathering. There might've been some small presents, but it wasn't this big thing that a lot of us find ourselves debating right now. Yes. But, you know, for me personally, and, you know, I'm not somebody who freaks out when I see Christmas trees. I don't freak out, you know, when I hear some of the uh, traditional Christmas hymns, which tend to be more theologically correct than not. I can't say I'm too excited when I see midnight mass with the Pope. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah, sure. I'm not that excited uh, about that and the whole Mary thing and everything else. Right. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But in my pre, you know, messianic experience, you know, Christmas was, a very you know sacred time for my family. It was a mm-hmm. time when we went to church, a time when we you know went to that you know Christmas Eve candlelight service. You know when we sung those hymns like "Hark the Herald Angel." Uh, I actually got to play "Hark the Herald Angel" in the oh. Christmas play at the church. So hey, all right, you're the <laughs> all right, you're the angel yeah. heralding the news. Okay, no, I was I was called "Hark the Herald Angel." Oh, okay, all right, you were "Hark." So, <laughs> um, okay. This was the time when my father and I went to the cemetery and we laid a wreath where my McKee grandparents are buried and where he's Mm -hmm. buried now. Uh, So, I mean, these are some very significant things that I associate with Christmas and uh, growing up in, in Kentucky, you know, we had, you know, a big giant Christmas tree. And of course in the front yard, we had all the old Christmas trees, which were planted and 
Um, I think some of them oh. are still there. Uh, oh, so, okay. yeah. uh, yeah, it's, it, it was a very, imp- you know, some very significant memories. Now I also mm-hmm. remember, of course, uh, all this build up for Christmas morning and, you know, we're going to mm-hmm. go downstairs. It's going to be snow everywhere. We got the tree on, we have all these gifts. And then Christmas afternoon came, you know, like at one thirty. you know, all the gifts are opened and it's like, well, what's next? And and then my mother said, "Oh, by the way, you all have to go write thank you notes to all the relatives and all the people." Oh, okay. And all and, right. and it was just like this big giant letdown. We're like, "What? Christmas is over? <laughs> yeah, what's this? Yeah. You know?" And mm-hmm. um, and it was just all this, you know, build up and build up, and then this. Oh, it's all it, it's all over. But I know that when my you know, father died in 1992 and then we moved to Dallas for the first time and we had this new blended family and we're trying to figure things out, mm-hmm. um, something had been lost from the previous Christ- uh, the Christmas memories. And mm-hmm. so 1994, 1995, we were trying to do Christmas. But you know, like as uh, many know, our family's messianic testimony, um, the in the month of December, 1984, this when my uh, Mark and Margaret, you know, my parents, they went to Israel on a tour and uh, mm-hmm. then they came back and the Lord gave them the word that they needed to be keeping the feasts. Oh, and mm-hmm. uh, actually the last time we celebrated Christmas was in this crossover period where we had already started attending the Messianic Jewish congregation on Saturday, but we were going to church on Sunday. And so we did sure. have Christmas in 1995, uh, but, you know, being able to evaluate the two experiences, it was really by the spring of 1996, we were fully committed to the Messianic movement. I so, see. you know, mm-hmm. the Lord was gracious with giving us, you know, a, 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 an exit from Christmas. It wasn't this, mm-hmm. you know, Christmas mm-hmm. is pagan, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, it was sure. much more, it's like, you know, our spirits are being ministered to more on this side than mm-hmm. this other mm-hmm. side. And, mm-hmm. Christmas became, and I don't want to sound too morbid with this. Sure. You know, Christmas became associated with the life with my father, the 1980s, mm-hmm. early 1990s, that ideal, you know, Reagan mm-hmm. administration, you know, evangelicalism, mm-hmm. where we were all naive about the ways of the world. And <laughs> we all believed in the preacher of rapture and all of this. And, <laughs> and it was just like, you know, not to sound too morbid, it was like Christmas died with my father. And so the Lord, you know, so this new future was going to be this messianic future involved with, you know, messianic Jewish ministry and mm-hmm. observing the festivals of the Lord. And I'll, I'll discuss uh, some of the things that really began to take place when we, when we threw ourselves all into Hanukkah. Uh, but, you know, I don't look at Christmas as, oh my God, we were observing paganism. Can you believe <laughs> it? Can you, can, you know, I see it mm. more as, you know, no, when we observed Christmas, it was focused on the birth of Yeshua. It was focused mm-hmm. around these biblical themes. It was focused around, uh, you know, modest gift giving. But yes, we had the tree and everything else. We're Americans. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And they are sacred, special memories. But for the yeah. future that God intended for us, Christmas was a part of our past, not a part of our future. And what really, what mm-hmm. really upsets me um, is, you know, you know, people who... You know, they get so caught up in, you know, the whole paganoia thing, and they don't yes. realize that, you know, if you say that, you know, Christmas is pagan, uh, you know, people, 
you know, spiritual people, born again people, sincere believers, they they're not thinking in terms of the tree and the mistletoe and some of that. Um, mm. They're thinking in terms of, are you telling me the birth of Jesus is pagan? And that's mm. not what you intend. You know, yeah. you, you're looking more at the tradition. So I've mm. always promoted a third way, you know, moderating way. I don't call Christmas pagan. I, I say that it's non-biblical. I say it's mm-hmm, part sure. of my past. It hasn't been a part of my future. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but but I don't unnecessarily look down on anybody doing Christmas. Uh, it, instead, again, I, I'm much more on this. Let me tell you what my experience has been. And th- now, now it's between you and the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's fair. I, and I appreciate that. It's actually one of the things I've always appreciated about your ministry, John, is uh, your moderation and your thinking um, kind of goes above a lot of the emotionalism that we see out there. So I do appreciate that. Um, my experience has been, well, I've been part of the problem sometimes. Um, that is to say, in what I've seen in the Messianic movement, especially in the Hebrew roots sub movement is a, a contempt for, for Christmas. Um, it's seen as, as sinful, uh, as, as pagan, as, as we've talked about, there's a lot of pagan oil. Uh, a lot of people absolutely dread this time of the year. And I remember dreading it myself, like, Oh, I'm going to have to deal with, I have to deal with Christmas stuff with, you know, my family and all this. And, Oh, we're going to visit the, my relatives and they're going to have a tree up. Oh my God. You know, just that sort of dread. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've experienced that. And I'd say that's quite common in the messianic sphere, especially the Hebrew roots sphere. Um, that that's been overriding in my experience, in my experience. So that's like the big one that sticks out. Um, there are some, you might say some Jewish believing voices, uh, that are against Christmas as well. Um, folks, I've seen folks say, look, Christmas is an additional and unnecessary barrier to faith in Yeshua, that Jews see it as, you know, just total um, assimilation into the culture. And that culture isn't really Messiah culture anyway. It's, you know, what, what is it, as we said, what is a tree and, and the Yuletide and all this stuff have to do with Messiah anyway? It's extra biblical trappings that are unnecessary and present a barrier for faith in Yeshua. And I acknowledge that too. Um, So I I acknowledge that there are some real problems with Christmas. Um, I don't just sweep them under the rug and say they're not problems. Um, But I think there are some, for me personally, there are some things that override those concerns. And one of them is my own marriage. Like, to me, and I think it's pleasing to God that my marriage is in better shape because we've worked out a compromise with regards to the holidays. And I know some Hebrew roots folks would say, I'm compromising towards sin. I don't see it as sin. Maybe they'd say I'm compromising towards the culture. That could be. Um, But again, um, I value my own marriage above that concern. Uh, So yeah, overall, the experience with messianic people with regards to the month of December is primarily just one of dread and paganoia. Um, There's also some Hebrew roots folks that reject Hanukkah, including some folks at my old congregation back in Minnesota. 
uh, right, we can get into that. Hanukkah in a is also, yeah, fair enough. Um, so I think just there's a lot of negativity. I'll wrap it up by saying my answer here was there's a lot of negativity regards to December, both with Christmas and some with Hanukkah in the messianic sphere. Right. And, you know, we all know that, you know, this is, this is a time of year, you know, I actually like the month of December and, you know, I, I, I like this whole period because, you know, my birthday's in December. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. even though not, not to get into birthdays too much, um, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a very, you know, it's a time of year that has a lot of, you know, a, a family uh, memories, you know, for me, but I know it's, it's, it's not mm-hmm. easy trying to find some accommodation or some way to facilitate peace. Yeah. You know, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. And, and yeah, some people absolutely. are too quick to judge and dismiss rather than like, look, everybody is trying to work through this and we're trying to mm-hmm. provide peace. And uh, why don't you worry about some of your own problems before you worry about somebody else's? Uh, so if I may add one, one quick thing, John, to that. Uh, I, I notice a lot of folks in the Messianic movement at this time of the year are essentially trying to be Pinchas from the Torah. They're trying to be that ultra-zealous, um, don't don't budge an inch, don't give an inch, um, you know, righteous anger type um, person. I see a lot of people trying to do that. And my thought with that is just as it's exceedingly rare to see true righteous anger in this culture, I think a lot of people say they're being righteous and it's just plain old anger. It's not actually righteous anger. I feel the same thing going on right now in the month of December among Messianics. Yes. And just to let you into some of my own personal approach to any of these controversies, I, I try to be a great deal like my namesake, he who rested on our Lord's breast. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And uh, I also try to be a lot like Paul uh, in, Ro- excuse me, in Acts chapter 17, debating with the uh, Epicureans and Stoics at the Areopagus mm. in Athens. Oh. How do we engage with the society while yes. maintaining our own core beliefs? Yes. We need to be very close to the Lord, like John. We need to be engaged with the society, like Paul, uh, which leads to our next Good. question. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you approach the holiday of Christmas on December the 25th? You know, like, and, and I guess with this question, I'm thinking more, you know, what do we do? I mean, you know, and some people are like, what the blank do I do when December 25th <laughs> yeah, yeah. around? And right. um, I know that I've already mentioned that, you know, with, with me, I'm, you know, just to wish everyone who I encounter well, I say happy holidays. Uh, And uh, anybody in the Messianic community who's been able to watch the film, uh, Comedy Central came out with it in 2003, The Hebrew Hammer. Um, Oh. It was, uh, okay, well, you you need to watch it. Um, It does have a lot of bad language, but you need to watch it. Um, (laughs) Okay. uh, It was, you know, Santa Claus who said, it was me who sponsored the inoffensive and trans-religious happy holidays. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, I will say, you know, happy holidays to people. But uh, when I lived in central Florida, 
uh, you know, much closer to family. And and I guess, you know, having moved out here to Texas eight years ago, I'm I'm not as close to family. So I don't have some of these, you know, things that other people have to go to otherwise, uh, uh, sure. you know, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, living in Orlando on uh, Christmas day or Christmas Eve or December the 26th, you know, that time frame, we would go up to Jacksonville uh, mm-hmm. for the Christmas dinner specifically. So we could be with my grandmother. Uh, sure. That's mm-hmm. the main, and, and usually we went on Christmas day. So the whole presence thing was over with, and we would have dinner and there would be an overnight. And then, you know, on the, the, the 26th, we'd, we'd go back to Orlando, um, mm-hmm. you know, moving away uh, to Texas. That was no longer an issue. Um, okay. And now, she's passed away. So, Mm -hmm, uh, and, and living out here in Texas now, uh, we don't have, you know, family members in the area. Uh, in fact, they have to come see us Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, my, you know, my sister Maggie and her brother and my brother-in-law, uh, Taylor, they're actually going to come see us in December and hopefully get to interview them about messianics and millennials, uh, Mm -hmm. which will be exciting. And of course, very controversial, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't take issue with, you know, people who, you know, is your, is your concern about Christmas really the tree or is it more, you know, these sacred family times of, of getting mm-hmm. together? Mm-hmm, uh, I mm-hmm. think for a lot of people, it's the sacred family times of getting together. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, if, one of the things that I have been able to take, take a part of uh, being in the Messianic community in Dallas is uh, my local rabbi, David Schiller, like all good mm-hmm. Jews on December the 25th, what do they do? They go to the movies. And so- Oh, good. Yeah. Movies are Chinese food, but yeah. Right. Okay. And so from uh, 2014 to 2019, Mm-hmm. Uh, we all would go to the movies. Uh, so we did it. We've done it six years in a row now, oh. uh, with the exception of seeing uh, one of the Lord of the Rings prequels and Mary Poppins Returns. We've gone to see Star Wars uh, for mm-hmm. uh, December the 25th. And then we'd go back to his house and we would have some kind of a big gathering with uh, food. And some mm-hmm. of it has That's been true. my own barbecue. Uh, so ah, okay. you know, there are ways... To, to make December the 25th a nice holiday. And, and for those mm-hmm. uh, in the Messianic Jewish movement, they go to the movies and or Chinese food. Mm-hmm. Not yep. too sure what we're going to do this year with the whole right. COVID, yeah, with COVID restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, for many of us, we might just sleep in and take a day off. Who knows? That would yeah, not yeah. be something that uh, would be rejected. Mm-hmm. But my concern is, not for the past generations of godly Christian people who I come from, people who believed in the moral law of the Old Testament, uh, you know, people who were trying to do the right thing on December the 25th, uh, mm-hmm. people who were definitely in the history of our faith pre-Messianic Judaism, you know, those kinds mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, for right now, yes, I recognize that a lot of people this month are going to have to hear about Jesus, the baby who was born. However, I just want to interject this into the equation. Okay. Is the Messiah they are going to hear about 
the king of Israel who is going to come and fulfill. Lord, is at this time you are going to restore the kingdom to Israel or mm. are they going to hear about some universal Christ of peace and tolerance and love is love, regardless mm. of, of whether it's between you know a man and a woman or a man and a man or a woman and a woman. That mm. is what I'm concerned about. Um, you know, I recognize that for the past in evangelical Protestantism, there are a lot of people who are just doing things because that's the way they always did them. And God, in spite of their limitations, honored them for that. I come from a family that was genuinely blessed by the Lord in celebrating Christmas. But when the time came for us to move on, we left Christmas in the past and now mm-hmm. we do Hanukkah today, which, which I'll, I'll discuss in a moment, but we know that not everyone is where we are, but rather, again, rather than try to force feed people, you know, you have to do this, you know, damn it, or else, you know, like the mm-hmm. paganoia people would do it. Mm-hmm. We're like, look, this is the path that God has had us on. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's between you and him, you know, we'll yeah. answer your questions as reasonably as we can. And Mm -hmm. the reality is, is that God in his infinite mercy looks over so many of the things that we should be doing, which we don't do. Um, And and, and you have to remember this. Some of the two, I think, most overlooked books of the Bible are Ezra and Nehemiah. And when you get into Ezra and Nehemiah, because they're post-exilic, and you see Mm -hmm. statements like, uh, uh, and as well as First and Second Chronicles, you know, the Israelites hadn't kept the Feast of Tabernacles for how long? And it was actually, you know, going back to the time of the judges. And you're like, well, okay, if God can be merciful to his people about things like that, then Mm -hmm. surely we can be flexible on December the 25th. Yeah, that's right. Well said, man. Um, That's very good. And I I do think, (laughs) side note about those two books too, uh, you do see some some zeal like, you know, oh, they're selling on Shabbat. Well, you know, we have to shut it down right now, that sort of thing. I think there's a lot of that coming out of captivity. And I'm not saying that we need to accept um, whatever comes our way in the culture. But I think, as you put it, um, sometimes there are some overriding factors where we can say, hey, this is what um, the Lord is, is calling me to uh, in my walk. Um, John, I did have a question before I give my answer to this question. You mentioned that before you guys moved to Texas, you would visit with your grandmother um, on Christmas Day. I suspect a lot of Messianic folks are trying to navigate that themselves. Um, Like, should I go see my family for Christmas, even though they're doing these things I disagree with? Do you, now that your grandmother has passed, you guys have moved out of the state. Do you look back at that as that was a mistake or was it, Hey, this was good to see my grandmother while she was alive. No, it was, it was not a mistake. It was the right thing to do Hmm. uh, because uh, she actually, I mean, this is the, this is kind of a funny aside to this, mm-hmm. but my great, my mother is one of five and Mary Ruth, my grandmother was kind of like the uniting point of our family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, ha- two thirds of my family is liberal Protestant and, okay. uh, you know, the other third would be considered evangelical Protestant and sure. we're messianic. So, you know, we're in that, we're in that uh, category. Um, uh, and when she was alive, 
because Mary Ruth would want us to all get along, we didn't get into debates on religion or politics. Okay. And the funny thing is when we would go to our annual uh, reunion at Gulf Shores on the Gulf Coast, uh, Mm -hmm. especially over the past several years, there uh, there typically be that that family meeting uh, where it'd be like, okay, well, we don't know how much more time MR has, uh, mm. you know. And by the way, she broke all the family records. Uh, I she remember saying she lived ninety nine or something. She made it to one hundred and nine months. That's so, wild. Wild. So all I mean, you know, and don't smoke cigarettes. That's my answer. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, so, but we would get together and we would have, uh, you know, like, well, we know that the funeral's been paid for and it's been transferred, you know, several times over. And here is the obituary we've got ready to go. And the here's the order of service. And we just have to call up the funeral home in the cemetery. I mean, it was just like all of that. Mm. Um, so you know, focusing on grandmother was was a was a was a was a, a family point of unity. She would want us to all get along, and so that is one of the major reasons why uh, we would go up to uh, you know see her you know in Jacksonville, and, and and she often wouldn't even remember that we were there. Uh, oh, and then her birthday man. was on January the seventh, uh, so there'd usually be something taking place around January the 7th, you know, plus or minus a few days. Uh, mm-hmm. And we go up again for, you know, for a, a larger family uh, gathering. But now that she is gone from the scene, uh, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people are experiencing this in their extended families uh, because of everything that's taken place in 2020 between COVID and, and all the riots and now the election drama, you know, mm-hmm. like so many families, our family has begun to fracture apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, and it's unfortunate, uh, but, uh, you know, this is, this is just the wider narrative of, of the way things happen, I think, mm-hmm. you know, through, uh, through a lot of history, uh, particularly in this country, uh, with, I mean, you know, we weren't around for the American revolution, but yeah. it's not as though everyone living in the American colonies was in favor of the American revolution. Sure. And there were mm-hmm. people who split over the American revolution. And then mm-hmm. in the civil mm-hmm. war, there were families who split over what side do I go with? Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've got both sides in my own family, you know, North and South. Uh, so <laughs> Uh, we're facing some of the same circumstances today. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's because, you know, looking back over the past 20 years, Christmas has just become a very minor issue among things that are much, much bigger. Yeah, fair enough. And I I would say too, you know, in your case, John, you just said, hey, it was good that uh, we spent time with with grandma. Um, Yeah, grandmother. Grandmother. (laughs) Um, For... each person's got to figure out the best route. But one thing I will say, and as we said, maybe, maybe the answer is different for different people that that's possible too. Uh, One thing I've seen in the messianic movement is I have seen a lot of broken families um, over these issues. And I don't think that's honoring to God, to be honest, like, you know, if, if, if families are, are, are breaking up where it's like, Hey, this guy's off on his own thing and the wife is over here doing something else. It's like, um, and maybe that even drives them apart. I've seen people actually driven to divorce over messianic issues. And I just, I don't think that's honoring to God. So I, I would just caution folks who are, are listening 
to consider um, consider the weightiness here. Um, right, and I and I and agree. Seems to, go ahead. I completely agree with that. You know, what is what is the bigger issue? Is the bigger mm-hmm. issue, you know, what people do or don't do on December the twenty fifth, or mm-hmm. is the bigger issue the divorce rate? Ah, mm, interesting. You know? And yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, I don't talk about my singleness that much, but I know that a huge factor as to why I'm single is because of the mm-hmm. divorce rate. Um, uh, you know, and because I, I, I really, you know, have been, you know, I'm very concerned about that. You know, a lot, uh, most mm-hmm. of the people, over 50% of the people I went to college and even seminary with are divorced yes. now, some of yeah. them twice. Um, uh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's just not something that appeals to me that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I understand, you know, people wanting to find accommodations and like, well, let's try this out. And maybe that's just for an interim season, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I have always learned to be much more flexible, uh, than you know, a lot of people in this messianic community and much more pragmatic. Yeah. yeah good. Um, and I, I, I would, uh, add to this too, that one of the, you know, the law of Christ that's talking uh, spoken about in in the New Testament, we might call it the Torah of Messiah. That Torah seems really focused on people. Um, it prioritizes people uh, over just rigid commandment keeping. Again, it doesn't mean we don't keep the commandments, but it does mean that people matter. Uh, and in in the law of Messiah, the Torah of Messiah, it seems to me that we should do the same. That we should prioritize people in our lives because life is short. Um, this this life here is short. I know we'll all be in the resurrection again, but um, this life is short, and we should treat people with kindness as as Yeshua did. Um, so I think that kind of just is a way to reflect um, Messiah during this time. My my answer about this: How do you approach Christmas, uh, December twenty fifth? Um, my approach, as I said, is personally I find some elements. Um, of pagan origin have nothing to do with Messiah. I acknowledge it. Um, at the same time, there are a great many redeeming elements of Christmas. Um, and so I see some good in the holiday. In fact, a few years ago, maybe two, three years ago, I wrote a blog post, something to the effect of finding the good in Christmas, finding even the messianic good in Christmas. And lots of people wrote angry replies and sent me nasty messages about it. Um, but I still feel the same way that there are some redeeming elements about Christmas. Um, so just to talk about some of those, yeah, John, John mentioned that this is a time of the year when people hear about the birth of Jesus. Um, this is such a big thing that people who are strongly secular or strongly anti-Christian, we might think people like uh, anti-missionaries in the Jewish world, uh, would abhor Christmas for this reason, because it is clearly tied to this Jesus figure. Um, so I think it's good to to have the message of Yeshua, of Jesus, the birth of the Savior, um, put in front of people's eyes, secular people, uh, people from different religions. It's That's good. That's a clear good. I understand, John, you, you said a concern you have is, is that Jesus... Um, a, a contextless Jesus, basically, is this, you know, this peace, hippie, love Jesus, and not the King of Israel Jesus. I understand that. And yeah, for sure, there is some of that where, um, you know, it's, it's, 
it's dis, it's Jesus disconnected from um, who he was as a Jew, as a Torah observant Jew, as the Messiah of Israel first and chiefly. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I still think on the whole, it's, it's a net good. Um, I love the fact that even in secular stores, you will hear Christmas music that proclaims the birth of Jesus at a time when in our culture, uh, God in all forms is being removed. I was talking to my wife. I was watching this, uh, not I, I was, I put on this show, a kid's show for my daughter. Um, and it was about different holidays and they came across Hanukkah and they completely removed God from Hanukkah. And I told my wife, I was like, it's just weird. Like everything about Hanukkah is this idea that somehow against all odds, God, uh, preserved the Jewish people in the face of this wicked man who wanted to erase God. And yet here we are, uh, here we are 2000 years later and we can't even say God because it happens to be a secular children's show. Um, God is removed from all aspects of public life here in America. And I suspect in Europe as well, that the only time God is acceptable is if we say, God damn it. Um, otherwise God is, is removed from so many aspects of public life. So to, to kind of counteract this, we have the reality that even in you walk into Walmart or something, some, some retail store and you have, a song about the birth of Messiah. That's pretty remarkable. I think it's, I'm glad it's there. I'm glad people hear it. Um, you know, songs like fall on your knees when as the lyrics and hear the angel voices, I think, man, um, that's a good message uh, for this world still uh, that, that we one day will fall on our knees before the one King, you know, we will coexist under that one King Yeshua um, that's a good message. So there are some redeeming elements. And as, as, as I mentioned also earlier in the, in the show that um, to celebrate the birth of Messiah, I see as, as biblical. I've had some Hebrew roots folks tell me all, all birthdays are bad. Um, and they say, well, the only birthday celebrated in the Torah is, you know, the, the Egyptians with Pharaoh or something to that effect. And I say, ah, actually the angels are heralding the arrival of King Messiah in the Gospels, um, joy to the world, that that is uh, that that that's a good and biblical thing for us to do too. To say, hey, there is joy to the world because the salvation of God Yeshua uh, has arrived and initiated the kingdom of heaven uh, on earth because the King has arrived. It's it's begun. It's not done, but it's begun. That's a joyful thing. Um, so I think it's it's biblical for us to to say, ah, King Messiah is here. He was born, and we're celebrating his birth at this time, just as the angels did. Um, so there are some redeeming elements of of Christmas, and I also mentioned, you know, even even in classical music, you had some of the uh, some of the classic Handel's Messiah. Um, some of these songs that right. are clearly. Um, they have broad appeal. They are, they're well known throughout the world and they're talking about ultimately Messiah uh, and his birth. There's redeeming elements in that too. Um, so I think we do ourselves a disservice when we just throw it all away as pagan because not all of it's pagan. And if you think all of it is pagan, literally all of Christmas is pagan. Um, you need to stop reading 
Lou White or something. I mean, you need to <laughs> stop reading some some of these uh, paganoia folks um, and 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 perhaps start reading the Gospels instead. So there are some good elements of Christmas, absolutely. I think one of I, the most difficult things that you know people in today's you know messianic walk or experience have yeah. difficulty recognizing is that mm-hmm. you know some of us are you know just a lot further down the road in this you know mm-hmm. first century messianic paradigm than other people are and mm-hmm. you know when you get into you know family relationships when you get into hey you know peace among you know, my wife, my children, that's more important to me than these other people who have just gone off the deep end. Uh, Mm -hmm. Recognize that we're all on this journey. And, and also, you know, God is a whole lot bigger than we are. Yeah. And that's very difficult for people to, 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 to recognize. And, and, and I think everyone goes through this at, at one point or another. So yes, I've got concerns about is the Messiah being declared the king of Israel, the king of the Jews, mm-hmm. is he some universal Christ figure? Uh, but I also recognize that there are going to be people who are sig- significantly touched by the message of the birth of Jesus. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you have to look at the glasses half full, uh, you know, mm-hmm. more frequently than, than you do. Yeah. Uh, yeah and and I don't true. know, you know, and I don't know where everyone is in their relationship with, with God. And, and believe me, you know, most of the difficult questions that I have about God and the Bible, I have to turn to evangelical scholars about and evangelical mm-hmm. ministers. You can't turn to some of these messianic paganoia people. I know. You can't turn to some of these quote unquote Torah observant people. Half the mm-hmm. time, they don't know what the blank they're doing. You know, and I'm going to be very <laughs> candid about that. You know, yeah. so yep. so they still have a place in our spiritual experience. That's and you know, it, it, it's not easy sometimes to recognize that, look, I'm at a different point where some other people are, but let God do his thing with other people and give people the necessary space to maneuver through these, 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 you know, these, these, uh, these different matters. Yep. Yep. Agree a hundred percent. And, you know, some God is going to call some people to uh, not celebrate Christmas. I, I, I grant that, but I would, I would say the other, the reverse is true as well, that some people will actually be called to for, for bigger reasons than various pagan influences. Um, I would also say, okay, my, my approach with Christmas too is uh, there are, as I said, there are pagan elements. I acknowledge that there are things that don't have to do with Messiah. I think that's unfortunate. Um, It's kind of like Easter as well. It's like, Hey, the resurrection. Great. Oh, why are we calling it Easter? What's what is all that about? Right. Um, another you know, show. <laughs> exactly. Uh, another show. But um, it's it's similar with Christmas that there are elements that are brought over from various pagan traditions. Um, I know that uh, the the tree is an example of it's at least borrowed from some pagan traditions, uh, if not directly tied in, in some other areas. Um, Yule Tide and some of these other things, Nordic traditions passed down. I get that. They don't have to do with Messiah. I'm not a big fan of them. Um, would do them myself. Um, the tree has been an, a big issue in my house, just to be honest with you. I've, I've 
push back. Even when I allowed my wife, I was like, okay, fine. We'll, we'll have ornaments. We're not going to have a tree. Um, I eventually capitulated and said, okay, we'll have a tree. So I acknowledge that there is, there's a pagan element there. Um, but I think it's overshadowed by the good, uh, the redeeming elements of Christmas. If it was just me, I wouldn't have a tree. Um, I don't have an attachment to it like a lot of Christians do. Um, so to me, because it has nothing to do with Messiah, I, I just wouldn't have it. Um, but I'm, I do for the sake of my wife. Um, yeah, so there are pagan elements. I don't want to gloss over that um, and just dismiss it. It's true there are. Um, I acknowledge that. Um, but in my, for my walk, it's the right thing to do to celebrate Christmas with my family. Um, I've gotten to the point where it can even be joyful for me, which is really bizarre, John, because I can remember years ago when I dreaded the whole month. Um, but now it's like, hey, oh, remember this memory from when, you know, my daughter Kira was born. Oh, this, oh we, this is, we, we have an ornament where, you know, it's the pregnant woman and because my wife was pregnant at the time. And um, these sort of memories where it's like, hey, there's a little joy in this. And hey, I can actually listen to songs like, glory to god in the highest it's like man it's such a powerful christmas song just declaring uh all glory to god uh and it's you know stuff like that where it's like hey i can actually have some joy in this it's not my choice to do some things um like put up a tree but i can still have joy in saying ah you know what the messiah who changed the world forever was uh, that we're celebrating his his birth, even if it wasn't on the 25th, we're celebrating his birth. Um, and I can have some joy in it. So that's, that's my approach, man. Um, I realized it's mixed. I realized I'm, I'm not pure enough for some messianic folks. I recognize some people will call me a heretic or say that I'm, I'm compromising on, on, on the faith. But just to be honest, this is something that I have over time changed my view on in light of new information and that new information was not everything is pagan. I remember I used to tell my wife, all those people who put a a present under a tree are worshiping the tree. Like the ancient Israelites did with regards to the Asherah poles. And I realized now, okay, that's not the same thing. I used to think that Jeremiah 10 spoke of, Oh, this is clearly a Christmas tree. Um, And we're just worshiping trees. It's like, no, we're not worshiping trees. Um, It's different. Um, and again, I'm not a fan of Christmas trees. I think it has nothing to do with Messiah's birth, but um, it's not the same thing. So in light of some of this new information I've evaluated, I'm like, oh, hold on a second. That's, you know, I was, I was being too harsh in that regard. Um, I was being too much of a Pinchas and not enough of Yeshua showing love to people. Um, so I've, I've, I've changed a little bit and I think it's, it's for the better. Well, Christmas is only half of the whole issue regarding the this month of December or the mm-hmm. winter holiday season. Yes. Um, there's another holiday which is commemorated in today's Messianic community. Uh, I remember many years ago hearing about Hanukkah, you know, the feast, the festival of lights. Okay, what's this? Um, not really quite understanding it. Uh, even in some of my early days in the Messianic Jewish movement, uh, 1996 and 1997, I really didn't understand what Hanukkah was. 
Uh, it really wasn't until I got into more formal biblical studies that I began to ap- appreciate uh, what Hanukkah was, uh, because yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, so much of their association with the season is involved with family traditions and customs rather than, you know, Bible or history types of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of people who are like, okay, Christmas is part of my past, not my future. Then they wonder, you know, well, what's the whole deal with Hanukkah? I mean, where's that in the Bible or right. you know, what's that all about? Uh, and I have to admit that as someone in biblical studies, I take Hanukkah for granted because it is so absolutely important for me. So mm-hmm. uh, how do you approach the holiday of Hanukkah? Uh, first of all, Hanukkah is not the Jewish Christmas. When I'm you glad get you in, said that. A lot of people think it. Yep. When you get into the whole background behind the festival of dedication, you're going to mm-hmm. be shocked how important it is. And uh, I know I had somebody contact me recently. They're like, you know, at my Messianic congregation for the past X many years, I don't know how long it was, but it's a long time. We just, you know, we, we commemorate Hanukkah, we light the menorah, and then we have some kind of a play or a talent show and all this fried food and all of these kids games, and nobody actually gets into what this is really, really about. Mm. And I said, man, that's really, really bad because, because mm. it is. Um, approaching the whole issue of the Festival of Dedication as one focused on biblical studies, mm-hmm. of course, you... Uh, are immediately taken to the uh, account of the Maccabees. Uh, anybody in biblical studies, you know, like, well, Mac- oh, Maccabees, you know, first, second, third, fourth Maccabees, we read them all the time. I've got my Bible here, the new Oxford annotated Bible with Apocrypha. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh. I've got like, you know, easily, you know, half a dozen Bibles with the Apocrypha uh, on, <laughs> on my desk. Uh, so, uh, you know, we take, for granted, the historical record of the Maccabean crisis in mm-hmm. the books of Maccabees and the Apocrypha, Josephus, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, and in biblical studies, you're like, yeah, I mean, the the empire of Antiochus Epiphanes wanting to force the Jews to assimilate, wanting to yes. give up Shabbat kosher the appointed times and of course Mm -hmm. circumcision the -hmm. sacrifice of the pig on the uh, temple mount the guerrilla war of the maccabees and fighting for the right to be jewish fighting Mm -hmm. for the right to believe in the god of israel fighting for the right to keep a torah lifestyle yes the covenant with abraham isaac and jacob i mean all all of this stuff you know people in biblical studies take this for granted because it's not just interesting history like okay, the Jewish people were facing assimilation and they fought and they died to preserve who they were. And they uh, forced the uh, Syrian Greeks out of the land of Israel and they rededicated the temple. Mm -hmm. Uh, As important as that is, that background uh, plays an immensely important role in understanding the apostolic scriptures or New Testament, Uh, particularly as you have Jews who fought and died to maintain their ancestral heritage going Mm. back to the patriarchs. They fought and died to be Jewish. And Mm -hmm. of course, uh, by the first century, 
Uh, Judea is a province of the Roman Empire. You have this huge Jewish diaspora out in the Mediterranean. And what are they fighting all the time? They're fighting assimilation. Uh, mm-hmm. They're fighting you know, Greco-Roman polytheism. They're fighting the threat of people giving up their heritage in the scriptures of Israel, usually so they can be socially mobile, and in many cases, so they can mm. do better with their businesses. Um, mm. You know, We read in 1 Maccabees how um, the Jews who committed apostasy removed the marks of circumcision. That is a very diplomatic, a very safe way to say, well, what they actually did was they, they practiced uh, what was uh, what was a form of ancient foreskin restoration. Mm, uh, so they mm. could go to the gymnasium and they could compete in the nude. Uh, mm-hmm, I mean, this mm-hmm. is, I mean, uh, you know, when you can recognize that uh, because of the Maccabean crisis and because of Jews fighting and dying to preserve their heritage, by mm-hmm. the time of the first century, you know, many Jews were, they're very xenophobic. They're very That's right. uh, hostile, um, certainly skeptical uh, and untrustworthy of different people from the nations the coming nations, into their right. ranks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it definitely plays into some of the whole issue of, okay, what do we do with different Greeks and Romans who are recognizing the Messiah of Israel? How mm-hmm. do they truly come into the people of God? Uh, yes. And of course, uh, you know, one of the big thing, one of the big debates was, uh, well, you know, the standard Judaism of the time is, well, if they really want to be sure that they are members of God's own, they need to be circumcised as proselytes. Um, yeah, and we so, see this in Acts and, and Paul's letters, yeah. Right, this is a huge debate, of course, in Galatians and mm-hmm. Acts 15, mm-hmm. right. some, yep. some, some in Romans. And you know, when, when, when the whole season of Hanukkah comes up, we as the Messianic community have a real significant prompt to review some of this important history in Second Temple Judaism. And I yes. think we forfeit it way too many times. Uh, Mm -hmm, I remember mm -hmm. back in 2014, I gave a presentation at my local congregation, and it was basically that, uh, you know, not understanding the period of the Maccabees in order to better understand uh, the period of, you know, the Book of Acts, Galatians, some of Romans, you know, the controversy of the inclusion of the nations, because uh, it was rightfully ruled that, no, believers from the nations are considered justified members of the people of God by faith in God, just as Abraham was Mm -hmm. considered a friend of God. Mm -hmm. Um, It hasn't changed at all. But forgetting the period of the Maccabees and the long-term influence it had on Second Temple Judaism and some of those debates that we see in Galatians and Acts and what have you, it, it, it really is at the level of, if you don't understand World War I, you will not understand World War II. I mean, it's that, that stark. Level. It's mm-hmm. that stark. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, mm-hmm. people in in the United States don't understand World War One because it was like we got pulled into this weird European war that started mm-hmm. with this assassination of Austrian. Who you know the uh, the yeah, uh, for now, uh, you know, yeah. It's like like this is crazy. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense to us, but yet 
if you mm-hmm. can understand the causes behind World War One, how, how actually, you know, World War One more changed as a result of World War One than World War Two. Um, mm. You know, the fact that, uh, you know, trench warfare came about uh, only as a consequence of what well, we sent the cavalry in and, you know, they got mowed down with these new things called machine guns. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, warfare significantly changed with barbed wire and airplanes and poison gas. And by the time the war was over, uh, Russian Empire gone, Austro Hungarian Empire gone, German Empire gone, British Empire, uh, the dominions like Canada and Australia are asserting a new level of independence. Uh, mm. And this other power called the United States asserting more of a global role. Uh, you know, more, I think, changed as a result of the uh, First World War than mm-hmm. the Second World War. Uh, mm-hmm. But without the First World War, you couldn't have the Second World War. So that is how mm-hmm. important the whole period of the Maccabees is. And I can't stress that enough. Uh, yeah. you know, the Jews yep. fighting and dying for their ancestral heritage. And mm-hmm. how and they and they and and rightfully so, uh, you know, wanted to you know push the Seleucids out, uh, cleanse the temple, establish Jewish hegemony, but that mm-hmm. did create a xenophobia that affected the later spread of the good news uh, into the Mediterranean. And I think mm-hmm. that if we understood these aspects of what we are, are really commemorating at the festival of Hanukkah, you know, and I've joked about this before, you know, some of my ideas regarding congregational Hanukkah celebration. And look, I actually believe that the miracle of the oil was true. Uh, oh, yeah, some, sure. people, some people don't, there are other things that are far more implausible that could not have taken place uh, in, uh, you know, extra biblical literature. Hmm. Uh, you know, and, and I like to joke and I say, you all, you know, my whole idea of a real, you know, congregational Hanukkah is, you know, we're remembering the miracle with all these fried foods. Why don't we have a deep frying station where, you know, we can batter dip, you know, onion rings and Mars bars. And, I, and that just really didn't get over too well, you know, <laughs> like, well, this isn't going to work out at our congregation, you know, the fire marshal agree with this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and even I joke, you know, the, the first year that, I mean, I, I'd heard about, you know, the Maccabees, Hanukkah, I was really, uh, you know, my, uh, my, my family, you know, we really liked Hanukkah. We wanted to do it, but we had these different reservations you know, we were on this, this mm-hmm. transitionary quest, but in 2006, oh, by the way, that was the year that I arrived, 2006. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so you're probably responsible for this. 14 years old. Okay. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it was in 2006 that we had our own personal family Hanukkah miracle because we're like, we're going to throw ourselves into this. We're going to do a gift every night. And most mm. especially, we're going to eat fried foods every night. Mm. Uh, so, uh, you know, we had, I don't know what the exact menu was, but we got to basically night number six. We're like, so mm-hmm. what fried food are we going to have this tonight? We're going to have fried chicken, uh, you know, fried fish. We did fried pies. We had donuts. We're like, oh. um, no, we're going to have salad. We're going <laughs> to have it. salad. Okay, that, was the miracle, that was enough. Yeah. That was enough. So we're going to have salad. Um, so our Hanukkah miracles that we're still here after, you know, uh, oh, six I to see, seven straight nights of fried no. foods. Yeah, no heart attacks after a week. <laughs> that is a um, miracle. 
but uh, you know, Hanukkah is you know from from a biblical studies point of view has some profound significance that is lost on way too many people. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it again, I, I, I it's it's you. If you don't understand World War One, you can't understand World War Two. If you mm-hmm. if you don't understand the Maccabean crisis of the second century BCE, how can you understand some of the issues of non-Jewish inclusion in the ecclesia mm-hmm. in the first century? That's great, man. Yep, I uh, I always tell people too. It's like the events of Hanukkah really lay the foundation for the events of the Gospels, uh, as you just mentioned. It affects some of the um, inclusion into the people of God questions. Um, it also laid the foundation for this kind of, um, yeah, I think you said xenophobic, uh, just the suspicion of people outside of Israel that, you know, the, the Gentile is now a dirty term, which to be honest has kind of been passed down to today. Um, in some circles, it's still kind of a, a, a dirty term, you know, this, this, uh, like you're, it's, you're, you're lesser person if you're, if you're not Jewish. Um, so yeah, you're right. Uh, it lays a huge background. Um, it enabled, I, as I look at it, Hanukkah, um, the events of Hanukkah enabled the birth of Messiah. I'm sure God could have worked through a different way, but the reality is this is the way he chose. Uh, and through those events, um, God did something great in the world. Um, so well, I, I know someone a while back who uh, somebody said, well, if the Jewish people had fully assimilated, God would have found another way. Hmm. But then, you know, she got up and she said, no, wait a second. If there were not a Jewish people who fought for their existence, yeah. what would that say about God's fidelity to his promises? Ah, very good. Yep. That God, it's like God has to preserve his people. um, And that's been a constant throughout history. That's good. Yeah. Uh, The line of Judah too. uh, Where's, where's the tribe of Judah totally assimilated into um, the, the Assyrian culture. So yeah, there's a God, God used it, you know, what it could have, should have, Oh, could have done it this way. It could have not, this is the way that God chose. Um, So it's, it's, it's good at least from that. Um, Hanukkah for me, actually last year, I think I had the, the best Hanukkah I've ever had, which might come as a surprise. You might be thinking, oh, Judah's assimilating and celebrating Christmas. Uh, but no, actually, I had the greatest Hanukkah um, with my family and also my wife's family joined us. They were at our house uh, during December and just had a, a wonderful uh, Hanukkah time. It's meaningful. Um, what we do in our house is for each of the nights of Hanukkah, uh, we get the whole family around a table and um, we turn off all the lights. We light a candle of the menorah and I tell a little bit of the story to my kids and I'm kind of telling it to myself and, and my wife too, you know, just to remember the work that, that God has done. It's good for us to do that. Um, so we do that and that's kind of the meaningful portion. I, I, I relate to my kids. Look, um, as I mentioned, God used this uh, to to bring about what the gospel and to bring about Messiah, that if these events didn't happen, um, the gospels as we know them, Messiah as we know it would not exist. Um, this was something that God used in the world to do uh, an even greater miracle later on. Um, so yeah, we do that. And then of course we have some fun games too. I think it's important, especially for kids to keep their attention and to create some positive 
emotion, you know, attached to something that there's gifts and games and things like that. So we do, it's kind of a smaller thing since my family, we celebrate both Hanukkah and Christmas. I'm definitely broke by the time December is over having to buy gifts for all that. But um, it's good. We have a good time, uh, a fun time, a holy time. Um, and just to remember what God has done is, is good for us. So it's been, it's been good for me. Um, yeah, that's how, how we celebrate it. I, I have encountered a lot of folks in the Messianic movement who would just say, look, Hanukkah is, is becoming the Jewish Christmas. And I recognize there's some of that, you know, people will be like, oh, we don't do a Christmas tree. We have a Hanukkah bush. I'm like, well, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know how I feel about that, I guess, uh, since I'm not a huge fan of the tree to begin with. I guess I'm not a big fan of the Hanukkah bush, but, um, and other people will just see it purely as, oh, this is, this is our replacement for Christmas. It's just, we're giving gifts. It's the same thing. We're just doing it on a different day. And as you said, John, the, the truth is the meaning of Hanukkah here, what its place in history, its, its role in uh, in Judaism and in, fr- in the first century world of Yeshua, that's huge. That's, that's huge. So it isn't, it isn't just the Jewish, Jewish Christmas. It's not just a replacement for Christmas. Um, so I, I see it differently. Some people have also said, uh, you know, it's all myths about, you know, the lighting of the candles where, you know, oh, we had enough oil for all these days. And I recognize that there's some tradition and perhaps there has some, has been some, um, I don't know, what would you say, some addition to the holiday over time. I, I acknowledge that's a real possibility. But nonetheless, um, the core we know happened in history and laid the foundation for so much more in the future. And I look at it as God's provision. Like God, God did an, an amazing work uh, that he preserved the Jewish people. And I understand people messed it up later on. I've heard these same Hebrew roots folks who say, why are you celebrating Hanukkah? They'll say, well, don't you know that just, you know, a few generations later, um, these Maccabean kings turned wicked and they did all these wicked things and the Pharisees even hated them. And, you know, there's all these murders going back. I, look, I acknowledge that there's problems with that too. That's people acting wickedly. I guess that happens everywhere, but I acknowledge it. I don't whitewash it. Um, I also find, speaking of whitewashing, a lot of, uh, a lot of folks don't, there's how, how can I say this? There's some untold truths about Hanukkah untold because they kind of want to want to whitewash it, which is some things like a lot of people don't realize, but Judah, the hammer, Judah, the Maccabee, he died like he was killed right. uh, by the enemies. And people don't realize I, just the other year I was telling my congregation, I'm like, yeah. And, you know, he nearly died here. And, um, and then he fought this huge battle where they were outnumbered like 20,000 to less than a thousand. Um, and there were war elephants on the other side. It was just really terrible. And someone interjected, but he won and he survived. And I'm like, nope, he actually died. Like people don't know it. He died. Judah Maccabee died. He did this great work and his brothers continued on without him, but he died. He, he was killed. Um, I think there's a, a number of things like that with Hanukkah that we, we kind of gloss over. Another one is if you read the book of Maccabees, the different books, um, you'll find that they are super happy about these new people in town, the Romans. They're happy about them. Like in some of the chapters, they're like, oh, yeah, this is way better than, you know, uh, Antiochus. This is this this looks great. We can't we can't wait. 
But in fact, the Romans, of course, as we know, not only crucify Messiah, um, but destroyed the temple in 70 AD um, and has never been rebuilt. Right. So, so it's yeah, a very some of these things are glossed over. <laughs> it's a very complicated period of biblical, uh, yep. biblical mm-hmm. history. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, and I know um, it is also true that, uh, as I understand it, that there is a great deal of contempt uh, from f- the Pharisee sect to some of the descendants of the Maccabees for various religious reasons, um, to the point where um, Pharisee texts would would omit certain events of Hanukkah because it kind of glorified the Maccabees. So, Right. Yeah, and, a lot of a lot of things there. And to me, to make this you know more palatable to some people, you know, Hanukkah mm-hmm. is it is extra biblical. Actually, mm-hmm. the only it place is. it's mentioned in the Bible itself is in John 10. In the Gospels, uh, yeah. And yes, I believe Yeshua was at the portico of Solomon commemorating whatever was taking mm-hmm. place then. Yep. But it is a na- it is an extra biblical national holiday. Uh, sort of like if the 4th of July had religious overtones to it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, if that makes sure. any sense. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think that there are a lot of important lessons to be learned by studying the whole period of the Maccabees and the Maccabean crisis, mm-hmm. uh, some of which actually involved those who fought and who died. Uh, and it affects our understanding of the first century world of Yeshua and the apostles. But that is something which is commonly not understood by many, many people because they're so associated with different traditions and customs involving food and dancing and music. It's like, no, wait Mm -hmm. a second. There's actually a much more sober theme to this because actually a lot of the prophecies involving the Maccabean period were foretold in the book of Daniel. Mm. And for those who adhere to a premillennial eschatology and are looking forward to some kind of a future abomination of desolation. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the prototypes of that was actually the desecration of the Temple Mount by Antiochus Epiphanes. That's right. So this That's is right. a very important uh, you know, time for us to be probing you know, some end time lessons uh, regarding the abomination of desolation, apostasy Mm -hmm. against God, uh, and resistance to those uh, who would want us to give up our faith. Mm -hmm. Um, John, before we move on to the next question, I do have a question for you regarding Hanukkah and Christmas. Um, Some folks who don't celebrate Christmas, some Messianic folks do celebrate Hanukkah, have said, look, Hanukkah was originally about resisting assimilation. And by celebrating Christmas, you're essentially going with assimilation. You're, you're, you're embracing assimilation. <laughs> um, what do you think about that? Certainly there are uh, th- this reality that the Jewish people were forcibly being assimilated um, and Hanukkah is a, is a reaction to that. So what are your thoughts about that? Okay, I'm going to say this on, on two different points here. Uh, okay. The first one is, if you were dealing with secular or nominally religious Jews today mm-hmm. who have got a Christmas tree and they're throwing themselves into Christmas, actually one of the uh, biggest examples of that is if you've ever seen the movie Driving Miss Daisy, uh, oh. Bully and his wife, uh, they live in Atlanta and you know his mother is the you know reform Jew. Yes, she eats pork. She does those kinds of things. She eats crab cakes. 
uh, but she doesn't do Christmas. And then mm. when and she makes a point when she gives Hoke the gift in December. I don't do Christmas presents, um, but her son does Christmas all out. You know, with uh, you know Santa baby. Da, 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 da. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know. So I mean, so you need to watch that. Um, so there are a lot of you know nominally to non-religious Jews. They are doing Christmas for socially mobile reasons. They want right. to assimilate into society, no different mm-hmm. than how they eat shrimp cocktail or, or do anything thing else. As far as messianic people who are on the road, on mm-hmm. the messianic walk, mm-hmm. there are reasons why uh, people are involved in Christmas activities that are different than people who have completely given it up. You know, they're mm-hmm. trying to provide peace between their husband and wife, the children, mm-hmm. the extended family. Um, mm-hmm. And how do you know that that's a permanent condition, their mm-hmm. participation in Christmas related events. Mm-hmm. And uh, per, before you begin to dismiss such people and say, well, they're not godly, they're not saved, whatever it is, hear what some of their reasons are. And perhaps we can all be a little more full of grace and mercy and give people the, the, the room they need to maneuver uh, mm-hmm. around things that involve a whole lot more than just what people are doing or not doing on December the 25th. I think for the most mm-hmm. part, it involves providing peace for one's family and extended family. And mm-hmm. indeed, I would say, how do you know it's a permanent condition? I mean, God has us all at different places. They're going to be people who come into the Messianic community several years from now uh, who are born again. They know Yeshua as their Savior. They're Mm going to be going to Christmas Eve, candlelight services. They're going to be going down to open presents around their tree Christmas morning. And their dedication to the faith and to the good news will put many messianic people to shame. Mm-hmm. And you know that is I would hope what I come from uh and so I'm willing to let God be God. Mhm. Good. Thank you. My uh I'll I, I wanted to give my perspective there too. Um no one wants to acknowledge that they're part of assimilation. <laughs> um but the reality is is there is a lot of assimilation and I recognize that celebrating Christmas is a form of assimilation. However, however, my thought is the forced idolatry of the Hanukkah story. You know, you have to bow down to this idol or we will, we will kill you. If we find you practicing the Torah in any form, we will kill you. Um, That's very different than, celebrating the birth of the Jewish Messiah, even though I understand there's some assimilation with regards to extra biblical traditions, um, very different thing. Um, so that's my, my personal take on it. Okay. So to our final and closing question. Yes. Um, and you can answer this as long or as short as you want. How do you think Messianic people can best reflect their faith in Yeshua during the winter holiday season? Mm. Well, this is a big question. Uh, I think the first is 
um, we can have some joy. Um, I, I would love to see the messianic movement change from December being a time of dread to a time of joy. Even if you don't put up a tree, even if you don't celebrate Christmas, to recognize that the nations uh, around the world, billions of people, are celebrating the birth of Messiah, that's a joyous thing. And we could emulate the same joy that uh, the angels are declaring and saying, glory to God in the highest, because Messiah has been born. Let's emulate that. That would be great. Um, I understand uh, all these arguments against it. I was certainly part of those arguments myself, have argued with those very arguments in the past. Um, but I think we, it would be better for us to have joy. You know, I, I, think, in, I, I think in Psalm 51, uh, the psalmist said, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Where is the joy that we have in God's salvation? Yeshua, that's what his name means after all. Uh, we ought to be a people of joy. And I don't, I think there's something wrong that we treat a whole month, you know, a 12th of the year in dread. Uh, it's not right. It doesn't mean we have to like Santa Baby. <laughs> I despise that song. <laughs> it doesn't mean we have to like all of the extra biblical trappings. Um, but let's have the joy of the Lord, even if we disagree on some points um, whether it's the date of Christmas or Christmas trees, let's have some joy that 2000 years ago, God intervened in history and changed the world forever. Uh, and, and the fact that here we are discussing these matters is a result of him intervening and causing his salvation and his word and his Torah to go forth from Jerusalem into all nations. Um, let's have some joy and recognition of the work of God in that. Um, and that, I think that includes both Hanukkah and Christmas. So that's what I would like to see uh, the Messianic people in their walk is have a little joy at this time of, of year, whether it's from Hanukkah or Christmas or both. Uh, let's not be these, these sad, depressed, downtrodden, hiding in our caves people during this time of year. I do wonder, and this is more of a hypothetical than not, if Yeshua suddenly showed up, uh, in our midst today and mm -hmm. saw all these things t taking place in the month of December, what would the Lord's reaction be to what he witnesses? Mm. Um, you know, they're talking about his birth. They're talking about his work as the, the child who was born and who was prophesied by, you know, in the old Testament. Uh, they're singing praises to him. They're declaring of him. Many mm -hmm. people are trying to do good works that, you know, they're right. trying to take, you know, special donations and money to the poor and the homeless mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and all these kinds of things. You know, they're trying to, they're trying to yeah. help out with the downtrodden in, in society. Mm -hmm. And on the one hand, you know, the Lord would see this like they're doing good in my name. They're doing uh, acts of kindness and generosity and acts of mercy. And then on the other side, you know, Yeshua, as the first century Jew, would see all of these Germanic and Nordic traditions with the Christmas tree and the evergreen, and and he would just kind of shake his head and like, "What are they doing? I, I, what, what, what? How do we? What do we do here? What do we do here?" And mm. you know, I, I think on the whole, Yeshua's response would be, "If they are not against us, they are for us." But I think that there would be this. Um, in process 
way of Yeshua using some parable to get people to reevaluate what they are doing. Mm-hmm. And I yes. think it is in that realm of, okay, what parable do we as Messianic people present to our evangelical brothers and sisters to get them to reevaluate Christmas? Uh, I have to say, I, I, I don't know what that is yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Perhaps the Lord will give it to me um, for my own self. Uh, my tried and true credo for the month of December, don't cause an unnecessary scene. And I know that there are way too many Messianic people who go off half-cocked and they want to make an unnecessary scene. They want to make mm-hmm. some snarky little, you know, smart-ass remark at the wrong time in the wrong place to <laughs> people during the Christmas season. My That's answer right. to them is keep your mouth shut. Um, <laughs> yes, and, yes. You know, how many times, like, like this is an obvious one, how many times have I heard people introduce me as John McGee rather than John McKee. It's happened Mm. more times in my life than I want to count. And you know what? I just let it roll off me. I just, I just, you know, like, okay, you know, you got uh, marbles in your mouth, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, and I think we need to exhibit that kind of tolerance for the December season. You need to just let a lot of things roll off you. But if you are stridently uh, against Christmas, I can tell you, if you cause an unnecessary scene in the wrong place at the wrong time, you're going to do more to harm the long-term purposes of today's Messianic movement than help it. Uh, So... That's right. And John, if I can interject one thing, just to add to what you said, you know, this, this uh, folks coming in with some religious jab over, over Christmas, causing a scene over something that's ultimately small. Uh, Rabbi Stuart Dowerman, who is kind of a messianic pioneer on the UMJC side of things, um, don't agree with him on everything, but he's certainly not like some, you know, uh, Christian anti-law apologist by no means, you know, he's, he's Torah observant messianic Jew. He said uh, this, which I think goes along with what you're saying, John. He said, we should not be religiously fixated about Christmas when we form communities that get hot and bothered over the right day to celebrate the birth of Messiah, especially when they view those who disagree with them to be defectors from the true faith or to be defective in some manner. When we have people who pride themselves on being, quote unquote, more biblical than thou, unquote, on such matters, when we form communities religiously fixated on such issues, we are in danger of creating sectarian loony bins, unquote. And I think he's right. Like, if this is our religious fixation, if it's, oh, you're celebrating the wrong holidays and um, the kingdom of God is basically boiled down to um, it's the feasts it's kosher, it's wearing tzitzit. If this is the kingdom of God, um, then we've made God's kingdom very small indeed. Um, and we indeed create, as Dowerman said, sectarian loony bins. I think God's kingdom's greater. I think God's purpose is much, much bigger. Uh, so I think we messianics can do better. I agree, because that kind of, an, of a spiritual ideology is not going to help you through whatever crisis you face. Yeah, that's right. Whether that is some kind of a personal crisis, a family crisis, or some kind of a world crisis. Mm 
Uh, mm -hmm. If your faith is only focused around these, what some people would consider trivial, I consider mm -hmm. them to be more important. But if it's, that's all it is, then when crunch time comes, you're not going to have the faith that you need. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, right, man. you know, I'm very appreciative that, you know, we've taken the time to, to get some of these things out there because there are a lot of people who are very concerned because you know, we're, we're closing up the year 2020 now. A lot of people don't know what the future is. Uh, they don't know what is, is happening right now in the United States, around the world. They're very, very worried about the future. Mm -hmm. This is a time when we need to seek the Lord and seek his dynamic intervention in our mm. personal, our family, as well as our community lives. And, yes. uh, you know, there, there are a lot of people saying a lot of things, you know, I, I definitely operate on the model of let's just have an open discussion. Let's just get it out there. Mm -hmm. Some mm -hmm. people don't like that. Some I people know. like a controlled discussion. Um, mm. But yet I wasn't raised that way. I was raised with, we're just going to discuss this because if we don't, then, uh, when some real big problem happens, we will be unprepared and we will not be able to step in as the voices of reason and the leaders that the Lord wants us to be. Uh, yeah. So I hope, uh, ladies and gentlemen, our discussion uh, on the winter holidays has been useful. It's been helpful. Yeah, uh, I really hope so. As we know, the Messianic walk doesn't end and the discussion doesn't end. It is ongoing. And I think it'll be interesting with some of these things that we've talked about uh, on this podcast uh, since we've been doing it. You know, where will we be a year from now? Mm -hmm. um, you know, are we going to be at the same point or, or how will the Lord have advanced us uh, in these different uh, matters? Yes, yes. Well, John, I, I certainly enjoyed this. And like you said, it's good for us to discuss these things. Some people don't like even discussing them. And I suspect there will be some people who didn't like that we even had this conversation, uh, that we even entertained different ideas here. But um, it is important. Um, and just life in the real world, man, this is, this is issues that we're dealing with as people, as Messianic people. Um, so I'm glad to discuss it. And likewise, as John said, I hope it's been useful to to our listeners, especially folks who have families um, who, you know, maybe, maybe their families or their family members celebrate Christmas and you're unsure about how to, how to navigate that. I hope I genuinely do. I, I hope this uh, podcast has been helpful in that regard. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of my co-host Judah Hamango of Kineti Letzion, myself, John McKee of Messianic Apologetics. Uh, be sure to uh, check us out online. Kineti Letzion can be accessed at blog.judagabriel.com, Messianic Apologetics at messianicapologetics.net. We will see you again soon with another episode of the Messianic Walk. Until then... Happy holidays. Shalom and happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs>